and welcome back to Vox Popcast, the weekly pseudo-academic roundtable of pop culture analysis with drinking and swearing. My name is Christopher Maverick, but you can call me Mav, and I'm back. <laughs> I'm back. I wasn't on show last week, but I'm here this week, and I'm here once again with my co-host, Wayne Wise, who also wasn't here last week. Hey, Wayne. Yeah, hey, this is one of the rare episodes where neither of us appear. Yeah, so this is a great show. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, um, <laughs> now, here's the thing for the listeners. Um, the show that in theory you heard last week was recorded in real time yesterday. So <laughs> we've not heard it. <laughs> it was the show that, 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 that they were all that, uh, that Hannah and Monica and, and, and Katya were on and we weren't and they're not here today. So, um, I, 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 I hear it was good. We, <laughs> we, we, we know what it was about yeah and i and i look forward to it and and like and i hope that like we didn't decide after the fact to re- to reverse the order of the shows <laughs> then no none of this makes any sense because because two weeks ago all five of us were here so um you know <laughs> which sucks. so you know how have you been wayne <laughs> i'm i'm fine i'm just dandy oh <laughs> uh, yeah podcast time travel is weird and scary and confuses me but any Anyway, got what I think is an interesting topic today. Yeah, yeah, this was your topic. I mean, it came yeah. up, something came up on the internet. I don't know, two, three it's months been, ago, probably. Yeah, it's been a couple of months, and it wasn't it wasn't pressing. Yeah, but it was it was something that seemed interesting to me and to you in our world, in our world of friends of you know comic book creators or former you know, and we're indies, and we're not you know certainly not big names, you know, but like it was, um, it was interesting in their world. And I'll, I'll give more details about it um, in a moment, but I wanted to like, I don't have a, I'm not sure how to feel about this. This is one of those shows where I'm, where I want to talk with some friends and say, how do I feel about this? Mm-hmm. The, the issue is the idea of what happens when, um, you know, sometimes where a creator does something and then the internet decides, ha, I don't like what you did. So I'm going to, I'm going to redo it and say, I fixed that for you and post it. Well, in one instance, a creator fixed it for you back and then caused a bunch of controversy. And I wanted to talk not so much about the controversy, but about the concept a bit. Mm-hmm. So, so that's what we're doing today. Yeah. It's going to make more sense as I get, I'll give you more details as we go. If you've seen the call for comments, you, um, you might have seen it, but I want to um, introduce some of, some of our friends that we brought along. Um, so first, uh, returning to the show, uh, I want to welcome back my friend Don, Don Griffin. Hey, Don. Hey, Don. Hey, hey, what's up? Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. So you saw this too, right? Oh, I did. I, I mean, I just certainly, you know, I have a lot of, uh, you know, comic, probably all the same friends. <laughs> Um, in my feed and everyone was talking about it and you know I have to preface anything I say on this show (laughs) with uh, the disclaimer that can it be a preface and a disclaimer at the same time I'm not sure but uh, just that in terms of my excitability or irritability or whatever on this subject it's like a 3 out of 10 you know it's just there's so much other things going on in my life and country in general that are just far more more important to me that when this came through, I was like, I just, I don't have the bandwidth. Like, you know, so I, I, I understood what was going on a little mm-hmm. bit, but uh, what I didn't know about until I read your article, Mav, which by the way, posted on my birthday. So I was like, okay, well, this must be my topic then. Um, <laughs> but I went into it. And I didn't realize all the back and forth between Campbell and between, and, and the, the artist that redid his work, all this stuff. So I didn't, right. I didn't hear about all of that till later. Right. So I was, 
was like, oh, that's that's interesting. And it's a new twist and just how it and, and, how and, something went from went from just a little blip. And because of everyone that got caught up into it blew up. Yeah. And ain't that true about so much. <laughs> and, and to be fair, I and as Matt said, I think we're more interested in kind of the underlying concepts of it than we are the specific incident. Yeah, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about the incident a little bit. Um, but to give just to give the listeners a little bit of context, when Dawn says, you know, three out of ten. This happened back in May. Um, yeah. And when it happened, I was like, oh, that's really interesting. And I put it on our idea board to get to. And it is now September. And that's how important it was. This was something that if you were if you were at least tangentially in the world of people who are who talk about drawing comics on Twitter, this was really <laughs> big. Tiny, tiny for, little niche world. Yeah, it was really big for 36 hours. And then everyone moved on. <laughs> well, not everyone, but like everyone that we care about moved on. So, so that's where we are. Uh, we have another guest. We have uh, returning, you know, m- many time. I was going to say uh, this is I think Don, this is only the second time you've been here, right? True. Yes. But um, I've lost track of how many times um, Marcel's been here. Marcel Walker. Welcome back. So what Vox podcast needs to do <laughs> is <laughs> when you put out the call for comments, that shouldn't be any more than 15 words. And then the text <laughs> of the, the calls, that should be a script. Uh, scripted introduction per episode and you can trade off per person and then then you segue into oh and box podcast also needs a really catchy theme song i mean something people can sing out there in the world and you give it like 20 seconds up front and then you play the whole thing later on well, i think that for you you're welcome <laughs> oh no i, I wish i'd invited max on because i'm like my <laughs> <laughs> guys, you know I'm so sorry. I told Wayne earlier, it's like, oh, I know totally what I'm gonna do. I mean, the funny thing is, I actually do like telling people what to do, but yeah. I'm, I'm old enough that I recognize like people don't need to tell them what to do. Like adults don't. Nobody. Well, some people need to be told what to do. But, <laughs> but, you know, it's, not, it's not my job to go around telling people what to do, and unless you're actually getting paid to tell people what to do, it's not a job. So I well, say all that time, but I had to say I had to start that yeah, off. That was no, I mean, well, let's get into it because I, I think you 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 sort of did something that's interesting that I think um, in the comic book space, which is, this is why it's interesting. Cause like we've got friends, um, we've got lots of friends between us who are indie comic creators. Yeah, right. Certainly the four of us count, if nothing else, we have a few friends who are, we have made it comic professionals, people who have literally <laughs> made their living for decades. We, we know a few people who, who, who are doing that. And then we we have a lot of people who we know who are just comic fans who are just us. And then we've got creative friends in other fields. And comics is the one field where this really happens. I mean, not that it doesn't happen anywhere else, but like, I mean, I made the joke, right? Would you really say, here's how your podcast should work? I mean, sure. You know, we get criticism and, and we welcome it, right? But or like the, our theme song, the theme song that you hear at the at the top of this show, you hear 30 seconds of it. Um, 
Maximilian of Thought for Music, you know, or, or, you know, Max is Max is my best friend in the world. We've known each other for 25 years, 30 years. Uh, we, we met in 1993. How long has that been? Um, well, close to 30. Yeah. yeah. And so I've known him for almost 30 years. He's been a musician longer than that. So but I've, I've I have 30 years of, of experience with Max music and our four minute theme song is the shortest thing that he's ever written by 25 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> like if, if you go to a Max that, concert, that, that's true. Yeah. And you, if you, if you, and you know, and, and like Max's joke when he's been on the show, it's been a while since he's been on, but he's, but he's complained that, you know, it's like, if there's a complaint Max has, it's that he thinks that we don't play enough of the song. He thinks we should play it in its entirety and everything. Oh, it's five minutes long. Yeah. He asked him for, when we started the show, Wayne and I asked him for a jingle. <laughs> you know, he's like, yeah. I've and got he, just and, and, and he sends a file with like 20 different songs on it. Yeah. And he's like, choose one. Yeah. Choose one of these. And he gives and, and, and <laughs> it or not, this is the one we chose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like, yeah, he's, you know, but that's the thing, right? Like, do you do that with nobody goes to um to this is you know, Jay Scott Campbell is the artist that that um that sort of spawned this idea. But nobody goes to your random, you know, rock star or piano bar player and says, you know, you know, I mean, if you do, you do it as a joke. You need more cowbell. Right. <laughs> like, right. But like, what do you do? Like, you know, you should have done it this way. So this mm. is weird. Right. Like, do does anybody go? You know, I wish I wish Spielberg had shot Jaws a little differently. Let me let me, well, let me, let me try I, a different I, shot. I, 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 yeah, they, they do. I think they, the I, public I, does. Yeah. Okay. I, I think I think it manifests in a different way than this specific incident. We should probably give an outline of what the specific incident is at this point just so we can talk about it more openly so mav if you want to go over okay the the, the 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 campbell incident yeah briefly the campbell the campbell incident there is an artist a comic book artist um by the name of j scott campbell um campbell is um, he is most famous for drawing sexy comic book women i think that's mm-hmm. fair when he been had the doing review it, been doing it for going on 30 years yeah i mean but i think that's fair i yeah, mean not yeah. to say that he i'm not trying to imply that he's a one-trick pony which i think no. some people believe he is um i think he's a very good artist in fact and i and I would count myself as a fan. One of his most famous images, he has a cover to a Spider-Man comic and the cover is Spider-Man is swinging out the window off to go superheroing and Mary Jane, his, depending on when you're reading wife or girlfriend, I believe she was his wife at this point in comics history, um, is sitting on the couch watching him swing out the window with a cup of coffee and obviously sort of worried that, you know, it's the it's the wife of the fireman, the wife of the policeman pose, right? Like she she is worried that, you know, will my husband come home today? And, That's the image. And this image, this cover is from like 15 years ago. Like I don't know right. what year the comic came out, but it's not a recent thing. No, no, this is a this is this is a this is an older image. And it is so famous and so iconic that I have seen many women cosplay Mary Jane at comic book conventions, specifically as Mary Jane from this one photo, mm. not photo, this one drawing. Um, and like, like in in that specific T-shirt, those so those specific jeans, people wander around with the coffee mug, you know, at comic book conventions. It it is an iconic cover, but because Campbell drew it, um, as far as the look of a wife worrying that her husband won't come home. To tomorrow or tonight she is the sexiest wife who's worrying that her that her husband might not come home ever 
because mm-hmm. that's what he does. And very stylized. Um, sexy. Yes. Yeah. And in this in this situation, years later, again, it's been this, this comic's probably 15, 20 years old. Um, a fan sees it and takes it upon themselves to say, I'm going to fix this. And they post a they they Photoshop the image to make what they thought was a more respectable version of Mary Jane. Um, more, more realistic, more realistic and respectable. And they said that they said, I have fixed this. There was the, the usage of the word fixing. And they fixed the um, they, it was too exaggerated. It was too sexualized. So they mostly desexualized her and made her pose what they considered more anatomically correct. Campbell, who's a professional artist, said, well, I mean, I made her sexy on purpose um, and I, you know, I don't feel as though she were anatomically incorrect. However, if we're going to be critical of each other, if that's fair game, here's where I think you messed up. So what I'm doing is I'm taking the rules that you set forth that the fan set forth and Campbell redrew the pose again from scratch as the way the fan wanted it um, and then said there I fixed the fix that was his thing and he was very tongue in cheek about it and I think he was trying to be silly and have some interesting Twitter content one day Twitter or Instagram content and this blew up into a storm of people talking about what the rights of the artists were versus people talking about what was sexist and what was male gazy and what was anatomically correct and what was harmful to women and it, it this was two straight days in comic world of people like hammering Campbell over this one image. And then these horrible people called Comicsgate got into it. And and they're the Comicsgate. I don't want to get into Comicsgate. Comicsgate are a bunch of idiots who name themselves in honor of Gamergate. <laughs> that's, that's how loser level we're at. They want they were idolizing Gamergate, which is named negatively after Watergate. And so Comicsgate goes on Campbell's side, and, and then Campbell's like, "No, no, no! I don't want them. I'm not with them." Because Campbell's actually a very liberal guy, so he's you know and very progressive, and he's like, "No, I don't want anything repressive. That's not." what I was trying to do and it blows up and it was and I didn't want to really talk about the sexism issue of it so much as and I think that's tied into it. I think we got to talk about it but I think I'm interested in what was the right thing for him to do should he have been able to criticize a fan I guess so there we are <laughs> decide for yourselves <laughs> but I don't know I mean, well, well, but should should he have I don't I don't know talking about this with, with Anna who uh, who's been on our show and um, the host of my other show and she's and and she even said, well, she thinks that she in her words, and this is something that some people have said online. Well, you know, shouldn't the creators be above this? You know, shouldn't they, you know, they've got a position of privilege and power. So maybe they shouldn't be engaging. And that's a, a point. I mean, I think that's one stand. But on the other hand, that is, is that true or is that just the way it always was? Because sure, nobody ever wrote back back in the day, except that that was because there was no Twitter back in the day. People had to go through letters columns and stuff and you know that the point of twitter is that you actually get to engage in you know famous people's lives a little bit more Mm -hmm. than like just reading a press release or something yeah so it's like it's it's giving back to your fans in a way that the way that he replied like i'm I'm trying to do what i always do is is 
is get into the shoes of every person I'm talking about. Right. So I could maybe see myself like on a whim looking at something and saying, I think I could do that better. I know this is some famous guy's work or whatever, but eh, I'll, I'll just do this. And like, he's never going to see it, you know, wink, mm-hmm. wink, nudge, nudge, and, and just do it and post it for my friends to just kind of get a laugh. Like, haha, that was funny. And then it goes viral. And mm-hmm. then this guy right back, writes back and I'm like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> you know, like I had no intent of it to be this big. Like I was just goofing around, you know, and, you know, then it becomes this whole big thing. And actually I was, I was trying to think like, if I fix somebody's drawing and they saw it, I, first of all, I probably start to feel really bad because I wasn't expecting them to actually mm-hmm. see it, especially someone like, you know, like J. Scott Campbell to actually see it and reply. Like I, I would right. be like humbled almost. Mm-hmm. And, you know, reading, reading what he, re- how he replied and he was like, he's defending himself, but it wasn't, it wasn't just like, Hey, asshole, here's your, you know, I, I'm going to fix your fix because your fix sucks. Right. Or, you know, like this was like a mature adult replying who has some and skill. Major. He took, he took the criticism yeah. seriously as, I mean, yeah, maybe a little snide, like you yeah. said, but mm-hmm. yeah, and I think I would, I would almost feel like, like humbled and, you know, a, a bit like, wow, damn, like I would have been gracious. Okay. I, and, yeah. Like a little honestly, bit gracious, even if I was yeah. still f- feeling kind of bad about the fact that like, I didn't want him to actually see it. Um, I mean, was it was was he tagged in it? Was this person actually trying to get no, him to see it, or I, I did it just it, come across? You know, it was posted to. It was posted. I, th- I don't think so. I don't. I think the original post was posted to a Tumblr. Um, I don't think it was Hawkeye Initiative, but that kind of thing. It was posted to a, yeah. a Hawkeye Initiative style Tumblr, and it just made the rounds, and it got to him. And I'm thinking about it, like like you said, you know, so back in the day, you know, how did I learn? How did I learn to draw comics? Um, honestly, I learned to draw comics by copying Ron Friends and Sal Buscema when I was like seven, right? Like that's yeah, that's, what, that's, <laughs> that's what I did. I mean, like yeah. that, that's the honest Same. truth. And I mean, I bought Stanley and John Buscema's um, How to Draw, draw Comics Com- the Marvel. Way. Yeah. And and like I when I was or I bought it or my mom bought it for me or something. And and like I did, a, I was six or seven years old and I just very poorly <laughs> copied a lot of Spider-Man pictures. Right. Like right. and then eventually Captain America pictures and then eventually Fantastic Four. And and like that's that's what I that's right. I mean, it's not quite like that because he's not just doing it for practice just no. to see if he can draw but just was, like J. Scott Campbell. But, but yeah, I was showing it, my it's, friends it's the whole fixed. It's right. the whole like fixed thing. You mm-hmm. know, it's it's the fact that and I get that that's like a, a turn of phrase right that yeah. we use right now like let me I fix that I, yeah, headline I, I, for I, you I, I, I never copied a Ron Friends drawing and took it to a convention and told Ron that I fixed it yeah <laughs> right because <laughs> that would have gone over well right Ron but you never but, you never, but, <laughs> right. but, I, but that's the difference right like like okay so I mean little inside baseball I don't know if Don has but Marcel, Wayne, and I have all met Ron, right? Like, I've, so, I've, I've known Ron for 40 years, yeah. Right. Ron like, has been making fun of me for yeah. at least 25 <laughs> years. So, so, so to, but I mean, but, but that's, I mean, that's absolutely true though, right? Long before I ever met Ron, I was a child copying his work and showing my friends, I'm going to draw comic books one day. And again, I'm literally trying to learn by 
duplicating and then mm-hmm. switching up. Like that's what I did. And of course I showed my friends and my mom and yeah. things. And I showed them by carrying a sketchbook around everywhere I went and just badgering the hell out of people. Look at my comics because that's what I did when I was 10. Right. Yeah. Um, like people do a Twitter now. Look at this. Right. Thing I, drew. I didn't have Twitter. I didn't have right. Twitter. And, and now you do. And like when you when you have Twitter, um, J. Scott Campbell might accidentally see it. <laughs> you know, like like that's that, that's right. what happens now because and I don't know. I don't know if this person's goal was to get Campbell's attention. And 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 if it is, if your goal is to get Campbell's attention and make him feel bad because you don't like his right. sexy movies, then, then you're wrong. I'm sorry. Then you're wrong. I mean, I mean, not wrong. Like you can't do that. But like you can't. But yeah, you don't. You don't get to complain if 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 your goal is to say is to legitimately be like. I fixed his work and he should feel bad. So I hope he sees this then. Okay. Congratulations. You got what you wanted, but I don't think that's what was going on here. So I don't think it's fair to criticize the fan. And I don't think it's fair to criticize the artist. I think everybody else sucks, you know, because the world, the world we live in is such that this right. became the way it got blown thing. up. It was yes. like, it was like the very valid um, criticism of a comic book artists, arts that came through like the Hawkeye initiative and everything. <laughs> Like there's validity in that. It was just like there's leftover pent up energy there that was just like, oh, here's something that's kind of sort of like it in like, you know, 3% way. Let's just scream about it. And it's like, that, okay, this, this doesn't quite compare completely. And then you have the comics gay people who are like, oh, something else to scream about. Something. Yeah, yeah. Everyone just kind of came in. It was like, okay. I mean, in my opinion, valid concern on one side, stupidity on the other. But, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. In, in terms of that, but like wrong topic. Like, why, why are we going crazy about this? Like, there's, again, I'm on the, like, in terms of the actual drawing being sexist mm-hmm. and horrible, like three out of 10 in terms of my outrage scale. And then on the other <laughs> side, the whole, like, I fixed the drawing. How much should we hate this pseudo artist who tried to fix a real artist drawing? It's three out of 10. You know, so it's just, I'm, I'm like... Yeah. On, the, on this particular thing, I'm like, okay, why is this such a big thing again? <laughs> well, so, okay, so here's where here's where it, you mentioned Hawkeye Initiative, which I had earlier. To me, right. it felt different than Hawkeye Initiative for for really a silly kind of reason, which was most of the drawings, that, and not all, but I don't, I don't even want to say most because I because I've certainly not gone and counted, but probably most mm. of them, um, <laughs> certainly many of them were not actually good, and I don't mean the I don't mean the originals, I mean the fixes, right? Because people weren't trying to be a lot of the drawings that people posted to Hawkeye initiative were they would just scribble a version of Hawkeye in the sexy lady pose, you know, to make the point that this is objectification, not so much to like, like no one was trying to do their finest art on Hawkeye initiative. The intent of it was a little different because it was like, uh, we are pointing out the sexy, the sexism of objectifying only female characters let's objectify a male character and see you know how Poor goofy Hawkeye. this looks um, <laughs> yeah and, uh, and a lot of them I mean some of them I actually thought were quite good you know there were many artists that I'd find there where I'm like oh that's clever I like that I like what you did there right so I think that feels different, but I don't remember anybody ever saying, and I, and again, I've not looked at every Hawkeye initiative picture, but it, the phrase I fixed that for you wasn't there. So I think part of it 
part of it is maybe a little bit of Campbell's ego being hurt, being hurt. And, and I get that because, you know, what Marcel did at the beginning, this show is not above criticism, right? But yeah, it hurts a little bit, right? Like if Marcel comes in and it's like, you know, your podcast will be better if it was entirely different. And like my part, my podcast, <laughs> you know, that's, that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Or, or, and it, or it goes the other way. Like, I think it's easy to be on the fan side because the fan was basically calling for something to be less, less sexism. Right. But let's but, put ourselves in the shoes of an artist. I mean, if we're all I artists, have, right? I had, yeah, have I we doing... not had our stuff criticized at some point by yes. someone who is not better than us? Like, we'll just say that or not even an artist and like just someone that's oh, yeah. a reader and they're like, this sucks, you know, or something. And I could I could I could write better comics than this or something. You know, when I when I was doing Hellcats, I had I, so I, Hellcats had a spinoff of, called Cats and Cat and Dog. Cat and Dog was in the Hellcats universe and it was a, it was me parodying Sin City. Mm-hmm. The reason the reason Cat and Dog happened, this is very clear. The reason Cat and Dog happened was because I went to I, I went to like two shows in a row where at each show I had not even not a ton of people half a dozen each time. So like 12 people came up to me at varying points over the course of like two weeks, l- l- flipped through my book and said, oh, oh. And I was like, oh, well, not for you. And he's like, well, there should be actual nudity. I thought there'd be some real porn in here. Like, well, you know, how come the, you know, it's, you know, <laughs> wow. it's like, yeah. and, and that was the complaint. The complaint was, and I was like, well, what do you mean? Enough it, porn. It's it like, well, and, and yeah, it was just a couple of guys saying, you know, cause they saw our covers, which were, you know, we had cosplay models on our covers and, mm-hmm. and we, the entire point of of cat of cosmic hellcats was um max and i were parodying i mean we don't do it anymore so like you know I, if you never if you never caught on you followed our work we were absolutely parodying 90s comics like it was gratuitously sexy girls in stories that didn't make sense other than you know now at what point and there's fair criticism of us of you know when is it parody and when are you just doing the thing that you're satiring but right. like but like some guy was just like well how come there's no actual you know you never show them having sex in fact we would do stuff like we would we would very carefully anytime anybody was naked um we intentionally put a word balloon over them like like that was <laughs> that was max and my little joke we had things like that in there and there was always a lot of it was a lot of cheesecakiness that went to the edge of the frustration of it was like like hey this is never actually porn that's the joke um right it's, it's did, supposed yeah. to be a parody not the so, actual thing yes. so I, I think some of that you know the the intent i mean certainly you know it's editors jobs to quote unquote fix things right you know, but these aren't editors these are yeah, just fans yeah, right right and and but but saying you know, like we're talking about when we were learning to do this sort of thing, I had an art teacher who in high school who kept a sheet of uh, tracing paper in his desk drawer all the time. And I'd bring something up to him and he'd pull the tracing paper out, put it over and show me corrections on anatomy. He never drew my drawing. He never redrew it. That was very much a teaching moment. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like he, he was for me when I was 15, he was teaching me something and by fixing my anatomy or showing me a different way of seeing it. Mm -hmm. Um, But that, that, feels like that has a very different he's also intent. positioned as your teacher right right and like, yeah, edit, editors marcel you, you marcel has dealt with this you're working as editor on on the hoodspot project we've mentioned before places where he's had to talk to various artists on the on the project you know, about that sort of thing um mm-hmm. and it's a trippy thing let me tell you when you are working with someone who has been doing what you do is one of the advantages i have as editor of Putzbau, is that I do it. I make comics too. So like 
I can speak mm-hmm. the language. I can get right in there. And they know that when that's happening, you know, mm-hmm. that any any critiques I make, it comes from a place of, you know, understanding. Like I'm I'm right there with you. But also, you know, I have the people who I'm answerable to. So mm-hmm. so, you know, there's there's levels of criticism, but it is a trippy thing to be talking to a professional who's been making comics longer than you've been alive. And, <laughs> or or close to it, you know, and, yeah. but you, you have to ask them to make a change or you do whatever. Now, whenever that, when I've done that, I have explained it. And sometimes it's, it's very, things are very easy to explain. Generally, I've found the people I have worked with are very, very accommodating because you don't get to be a professional who has been doing something for decades as your livelihood. And you mm-hmm. don't know how to take criticism because it's a job. The end, beginning and end of the day is if you're making comics professionally, it is your job and you will probably answer to an editor. And that means sometime you will have to make compromises on your work. Very few human beings out there across our creative vocations have the ability to just do what they want to do the way they want to do it. And they don't have mm-hmm. to answer. That just doesn't happen. And, and it's also worth pointing out on the validity of fan criticism. Comic book fans have always been critical of the books they've consumed. Absolutely. The only difference now is it's wide open. You know, in the past, and I always think of letter columns. Mm-hmm. Because that it was a primary space where I used to see that, you know, and, and we're not talking about like their you know, fanzines or, or comics reading clubs or even just friends. You know, you talked about who your favorite artist was, who did what good, whatever. But in letter columns, historically in comics, you know, fans were very vocal about what artists they liked, what artists they didn't like, what stories they liked, what characters they liked, which ones they didn't, what things they wanted to see, what things they didn't want to see. And the people behind the scenes, so we're going to say editorial on up, you know, they I like to think the smart ones listened because it, there was a give and take there was back and forth you often saw you know when they when when numerous numerous letter writers would bring something up yeah you know, and and at some point i had heard something close to a statistic that said you know, like for every letter that came in there were editors who took that letter to be representative of x number of readers so when you got a number of letters coming in and it's focused on a thing positively or negatively you went okay let's let's listen because they're the ones buying this book the difference now is that's just wide open. Anybody can say anything and put it anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my my take on at least some of this, because I have a lot of different feelings about a lot of different parts of this. I at once uh, am sympathetic to both Campbell as the artist who started this and the the, the, the critic, the critic criticizing artist. Mm-hmm. I am also completely unsympathetic because we live in 2021. To both of them or to either of them? I am sympathetic to both and I am unsympathetic okay, to both. Gotcha. Because mm-hmm. I'm sympathetic because I know what it's like to have your livelihood out there. I know what it's like to have people just offer up critiques, <laughs> you know, both professional and unprofessional. You know, I mean, that's mm-hmm. just that's the nature of being creative. You put your work out there. People are going to say things back. If you don't like it, don't put your work out there. But I mean, I'm kind of I'm a little hardcore when it comes to that. But that is just how that is. That's how people are. And it's OK, because if you believe in your work, you do your work. But in 2021, when we mm-hmm. are as interconnected as we are with this thing called the Internet, which has been around for one or two weeks, mm-hmm. you cannot be surprised that surprise like i understand we like people fling out their comments like that thinking it is to- this is being done with total anonymity like i can criticize this person they'll never see it and you know we do that all the time but they can and they might mm-hmm. respond and you know what there you go <laughs> you know and you got to be careful when you're picking your targets like that because they will and i say that about both of them because campbell having been a professional for quite some number of years and having the following that he does, if he was surprised at the response to his, his response, that's he, on him. Yes. He was because, naive. Well, and it, it, it's not like the, this is the first time he's heard 
those exact criticisms about his no, work. It is not. Yeah, he was naive. And yeah. so, okay, so I then... I think, to be fair to him, and this is why it yeah. goes back forth for me, it's an issue of pride. When yeah. you're a creator oh, yeah. mm-hmm. and somebody steps on your toes that publicly, and also, and to me, the, the whole, the nature of the criticism of, you know, I fix that for you, you're welcome. Yeah, you know, that's where it, it, it bridges into arrogance. Yeah. Nobody asked you to do this. You're welcome? Like, based on what? So, I get it. But mm-hmm. I was, I, if I was him, I would have just shut up. Like, I don't think I would have continued that conversation. Which, and that's kind of, so is that his, I mean, it's easy to say that's his fatal mistake, but like you said, pride's there, you know, and who knows? Like, I, I do think he was trying to be good-natured, though side. I, I, I'm not, I, I'm, I, yeah. I'm, I'm exactly where Marcel is. I understand both sides of this, and, you know, both sides mean things, but I mean, that's, you know, our, our show is debating this, right? So I understand where he's coming from. The smart play would have been to shut up for Campbell, because, because, uh, Wing, you just said it. Campbell, Campbell created Danger Girl. Campbell yeah. has heard I, that his work is over overly sexualized. I, Campbell knows his work's overly yeah. sexualized. That's why he has a nice house. My That's, my right, yeah, yeah. My my anecdote, my first conscious encounter with with his work. He did um, Gen thirteen, yes, for Image way back when. And there's the yes. character Fairchild, who was the large breasted, red haired, overly sexualized Six character. Ten, yes, yeah, and yeah. and at the time they released and at Phantom of the Attic. This is before I worked there. Is at their one of their earlier locations. They had a poster on the door to their store that was a life size poster of Fairchild drawn mm-hmm. by by Campbell. And like, I knew at that time, like the anatomy's off or whatever. And I am going to jump ahead and say, he got much better than that drawing as time went on. When you saw this character at life size, staring you in the face from the door fan of the attic, your first thought was, Oh my God, this horribly deformed person. (laughs) <laughs> that, that's hideous that's not sexy I, if I saw someone in real life I'd be calling it an ambulance you know it was just so because she's up, because she's like up. supposed to be six foot six six foot ten or something yeah, like that yeah, but her legs work. are four and a half feet tall and her waist waist is smaller than my wrist you know, yeah. it just it, it just blowing it up to quote unquote life size realistic proportions made you realize how unrealistic these proportions were now he got better over time but that is still kind of symbolic of of his style. You know, he, mm-hmm. he continued he continued to do that style. He just did it better. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but there's there's I, a book I mentioned a couple of weeks ago on the show that I, I've read recently. Uh, it's called How to Analyze and Review Comics: A Handbook on Handbook on Comics Criticism. Um, and I, I'll link that in the show notes. A um, uh, friend of the show, one of our guests, A. David Lewis, actually has an article on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it's a collection of essays and articles on just how to review and analyze comics. And as someone who's done a lot of this sort of thing, there wasn't a lot of really brand new information to me, but it was well thought out. If you want to do this sort of thing, I think it's a really good resource. But one of the things that came up in this pretty frequently is just as a reviewer of anything, there's that line between reviewing the work and using the phrase, now what I would have done, mm-hmm. because the moment you say that you're no longer a reviewer, you you are expressing your wish to be a creator. Mm-hmm. Okay. And there's a difference, you know, saying I fixed that for you is not critiquing the work on its own merits it's saying i can do this better because i want to be a writer artist filmmaker whatever okay Um, there's there's and i I think that's an important distinction um and you know the guy who picks campbell's art i mean certainly his i don't think his goal there was to give an honest review of campbell's work i think on some level he was trying to shame him 
uh, you know, maybe within the context of what he thought was a review of the artwork or critique mm-hmm. of it. But I, I think there were other motivations there. I, there's a whole series of, and these are done as comedy things, the he sure. videos, how it should have ended. Yes. And, and, and that's they're, and they're meant for fun. I mean, th- those are those are parodies and they're meant to be silly and whatever. But, you know, how many times do you hear? Well, you know what George Lucas should have done in the prequels. And that's well, kind of that's my question. Right. So like how it should have ended. I, and I was going to sort of transition a little bit because how it should have ended is um, brilliant. I actually am a huge fan. Um, similarly, uh, things like honest trailers or cinema sins, you know, how it should have ended is directly, you know, we fix this for you. And mm-hmm. they and they are funny, but they are making fun of, I mean, they are, they are clearly parodies, but yes, they are yes. making fun of something that really exists in the fan culture. And here is, I, I said, I said, is it done outside of comics? Um, knowing that I was going to bring this up as an example, because I think it is there. I, I did think of one place where it is absolutely done. It's done with movies. Um, there's a thing right now where ever since Disney got very big on the digital de-aging things for their, their sci-fi projects, there have been people been people redoing the special effects. So you have and I've seen many of this, um, the, the, the one that I that I've, that I've seen that I think is really, really well done is you can find someone who took the the digitally de-aged Mark Hamill from The Mandalorian, where Luke shows up in The Mandalorian looking like he did 30 years ago. They use digital de-aging and someone replaced that with having deep faked his face onto the image from original, you know, young Mark Hamill footage, wow, right? Meta. Wow. And um, frankly, I kind of, I mean, I'll be honest, I kind of like the deep fake better, personally. Yeah, it was better. I'm sorry. I yeah. saw it too. It was good. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, I, like I get it. And so in that in that case where they're I mean, but essentially what they're saying, this is like some fan who meticulously put a lot of work into this way yeah. more work than the fan or than Campbell did in this and in this incident that like made me call mm-hmm. it the episode. But someone put like if you actually know what it takes to do a deep fake, there is a lot of computationally expensive and just uh, busy work because it's not like you can just say, hey, make this work. You have to go and find and you have to train the algorithm. The way deep fake technology works is actually very, very complicated. We did a show on it uh, a little bit for uh, way, way back. Um, but like I know enough about it, enough research then to know about the process. It takes you're, you're talking about several weeks worth of effort to get this to be as believable as they made it look. And it looks so Marcel, you said you liked it. Um, I will, I'll try to find it and link it in the show the notes. The person's name, who, the, the, the deep fake creator goes by the name Shamuk. And that person it, did such a great job that Lucasfilm hired him. Yes, it is amazing. It is absolutely phenomenal. So, you know, in that sense, they really are saying, I fixed that for you. And as you just pointed out, Lucasfilm said, okay, then you have a point, right? <laughs> you did, you did fix it. So sure, you can take your swing, right? Um, but then on the other hand, what do you do about, like, I've also seen again with Lucasfilm, how many fan edits of, of things have you seen from people who have decided to fix the prequels? There's a lot, mm-hmm. you know, or to fix the special editions, right? Or, you know, there's a whole campaign of people who want to fix the um, most recent three Star Wars films, particularly episode eight by 
essentially removing all the women like, you know, there. I mean, and I and I get that it's easy to just like say, well, yeah, but screw those guys. But we're saying screw those guys because I don't agree with their ideology. Um, is it really functionally any different than are you? Is it OK to say that? Yeah, well, but I don't agree with you because you want to be sexist. But I don't agree with Campbell because I think he's sexist because he's sexy. I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, like, is that different? Because because I think because I think the only reason this got traction is because it's J. Scott Campbell. I think that if um I think that to, to name somebody we named earlier, we named Ron friends earlier, right? If Ron friends had this argument, I don't think it goes anywhere. Yeah. And frankly, we've met Ron. Ron does not have enough hours in his day. He would, right. he, he just, he would, he would never do this. Not even, I mean, he, first off, he's a nice guy. He's a really nice guy, but also he would just be like, the effort of this seems insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he wouldn't yeah. want to. Right. Yeah. Um, but like, I, but like anybody, I, I think that unless you are, Unless you are a male gazy artist, I don't think I don't think any of this goes anywhere. So, um, yeah, actually, maybe if you're a female artist, someone might be critical of you, or if you are LGBTQ, maybe I don't know. I I, I don't know. Like I I wonder if is it just a perfect storm? Is this only an issue because there were so many bad actors in it? Is what I'm wondering. So, if I could tie a couple things together here, one the the deep fake the deep fake uh, instance there. I think one of the things that sets that apart that gives it that situation. Situation, its own specificity is if you if you look at what that person did I think for the most part you're, you can objectively say that person did a better job you know so just the act of them having created it plus that person just put it out there they didn't put it out going hey you should have done this that the other they just did it and they said you know what I felt like this could have been done better here's how I did it and you can look at it and you can see I mean and obviously because the people in charge looked at it and went yeah they did a better job so when you you know art is subjective but when mm-hmm. you can look at somebody's work like a critique and go yep that improved upon the thing it's kind of evident and in this 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 case with Campbell's work I don't know if it's so evident because he has a lot of fans for a lot of people there was nothing wrong with that artwork mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now I yeah, a lot of that's a matter of taste yeah mm-hmm. yeah and so and in, what complicates it for Campbell besides the fact that he decided to do his response and some of the language that he used because quite I mean he was being a bit of a smart ass you know yeah, and so absolutely he was being absolutely a smart ass. He was yeah, being so denied. But the original was denied too. He was he was he went down to the fans level rather than sure. he did he certainly did not try to elevate. Sure. Uh-huh. Um but you know he has he has fans. Mm-hmm. The fans don't necessarily see anything wrong, but being who he is and what he is and what he's done, that criticism. And I don't, I mean, I don't know this guy. I'm familiar with some of his work and I like for the most part his work, you know, but I don't know to what degree he is aware of this or not, but you know, his work becomes emblematic of a far larger yes. situation. And that's to me, that's one of the things he should have also taken some care to consider that, you know, I, a few years ago I had to put together, well, I put together a poster and the poster had a it was meant to be a collage of comic book covers like historical comics covers and uh, I was using comics covers that featured women and it seemed like a simple enough task and then I started so I just went online and started looking for a nice mix of comics covers featuring female characters you know across the, across the decades from their inception to the present and different genres different artists all the things and what I what became glaringly and painfully obvious to me very quickly was women absolutely should be critical of of comics because they have not been portrayed well. Like it, it took a degree of effort for me to sift through and find covers because the poster itself was meant primarily for female audience. So you know you want to see yourself represented with something close to dignity. And I, it was, it was just, it was so obvious to me how women have been negatively portrayed 
in comics by 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 and large enormously talented artists but they weren't thinking because our culture wasn't there yet so you know here's campbell caught up in this nexus of a cultural moment and maybe he is aware of it maybe he's not i don't know you know i don't again i don't know this guy but to bring it back also full circle to something you said earlier don because you're right in in a very true sense like is this the biggest problem in the world right now that that should be occupying our attention no but (laughs) what i will say and i say this is somebody who makes comics for a living I do think it's important for at least a couple reasons. Um, drawing comic book covers is a specific person's livelihood here. And this situation, this whole thing had and has the potential to negatively affect this person's livelihood. So that's one. Um, beyond that, if it affects this person's livelihood, it could potentially affect other people's livelihoods because we're now talking about a whole new standard that people may or may not be held to. So that and then we also have, like I said, the the idea of objectification, you know, it no matter whose side you're on, this started a dialogue about women being objectified in comic book injury and I, imagery. And I think that's a very necessary and healthy conversation for us to have if this industry is going to evolve. And I, I just want to take a second to point out you, you mistaking the word injury for imagery there being appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. That's uh anyway. You say because yeah, the imagery can be injurious. I mean that thing you're talking about, this collage, you, you don't think about like we know we, we've talked about just the portrayal of, of over sexualization of women in comics, and we know that and we talk about it, but yeah, you sit down to put together a collage of covers and that's all you find. And it just it really oh, oh. <laughs> like the fact that you had to work to find that to, to find appropriate stuff says a lot about the the imagery and it's you know how we are represented there's 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 a spillover effect there you know like you can't keep putting this stuff out without some thought being given given to it so mm-hmm. in that and you know i've taught a lot of people and a lot of kids a lot of kids how to make comics and how to draw comics and you know when i first started doing that so this would have been the early 90s because i'm old um, when I first started doing that, there were always girls in my workshops and classes as well. You know, it was always boys and girls, but there were fewer, like noticeably fewer. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, it's at least 50 50. And quite often there's more Usually girls more. and mm-hmm. women in, in my workshops than than uh, than boys. And, you know, the Girl Scouts offer a badge in comic book make comic book making i've taught numerous girl scout troops <laughs> and you know, that's something i would have never thought of i'm sorry yeah i've been i've been on a, a zoom sessions with local girl scout troops um <laughs> so they can come listen to you know a local comic book creator and earn their badge <laughs> and it's, it's amazing you know i mean i i've i've stood and watched some girl scouts like looking at comics and stuff i saw a young girl one of the girl scouts and a, and a slightly younger girl scout looking at a page of artwork from the event this is down at the Tunesium when we were still in downtown Pittsburgh. And the older girl was, she was looking at this page and she was breaking down all these characters. She just went, this is so-and-so and this is so-and-so and this is so-and-so. Boom, 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 boom. And then she stopped mm-hmm. and paused and like kind of, kind of face palmed herself and went, oh my God, why is all this in my brain? Someday you can have a podcast. Well, I'll tell you what, just that fast, the younger girl looked up at her and just kind of went, because you're epic. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> it's adorable. <laughs> 
And I'm telling you, that was, I, that was exactly how that went down. And my heart melted like a thousand times over. They had no oh. idea. <laughs> and I say that because now they're, they're standing there in this exhibit and there was original art from the Avengers and all over the place and everything. It was, it was abundantly clear. And I already knew this, but th- you know, that little story you just heard illustrated, aha, uh-huh, how <laughs> important fair representation is in things. So, you know, does that, does that nudge Campbell one way or another? I don't know. And honestly, and Campbell's not the only artist I think we should be including in these discussions. And I, I don't mm-hmm. mean like us in this. Obviously podcast. not. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like Adam Hughes. I am a big Adam Hughes fan. Yes. I, I've talked to him at conventions. That guy is an amazing artist. You know what though? Never talks back to anybody else. Issues. What's yeah, that? But he, but he never talks back to anybody else. Like this, this, this happened because, and that's, that's what I was getting at before. You know, if I think you are right, I think that, I mean, again, go back to the, when was how to draw comics the Marvel way published? Like the seventies. Yeah. And it was in, you know, and frankly, it's 2021, but if a kid comes up to me and asks, you know, if I want to get started getting, if I, if I want to get started drawing superhero comics, where do I start? That's the first book I'm going to hand them. That's still. still a really good starting place. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I mean, it really is. But that said, it really is trying to get you to draw an, an aesthetic that has not largely evolved in nearly and, 50 years. Yeah, so, it's, it's, it's the house style of Marvel. I mean, they want to let Marcel and I were talking about this before we started recording that Marvel and DC both in, in the 60s and 70s, there was that evolution of a house style. They wanted every Everyone to mm-hmm. look similar, and it, I think it was more evident at Marvel than it was at DC. Although it certainly was at both places. Mm-hmm. But you know, I mean, that book is illustrated by John Buscema. It's like we want the house style. We want our artists to look like John Buscema and, and John Romita. Yeah, uh, it was senior. It's called How to Draw the Marvel yeah. Way, not right. just How to Draw yeah. Comics. And, and <laughs> we, we've joked, but you know, Ron Friends as a prime example of, and he is probably the last man standing who learned from that book and still does that style perfectly. Still has a good career in it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and I mean, he has developed his own style. Like I can tell, Ron friends from from these people, other people I just mentioned. But I mean, he his goal, and he will tell you straight up, his goal back when he started was to learn how to draw that style and get a job at Marvel. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that's that's all he's ever wanted to do. I know. I don't. I don't, I, don't think, I don't. Yeah. I don't think I'm putting words in Ron's mouth. If, if Ron's listening, which I doubt, uh, maybe. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, he he said things like that to me. That was his goal. That's what he wanted to do. And that's what he still wants to do is draw comics like he read growing up. Uh-huh. We do need evolution, right? I think that um, I, the fan's name was Finn. Um, well, I, well, OK, so I should add to this. One of the one of the issues that happened was the fan's name was something like non-binary Finn and Campbell intentionally just called called them Finn. I'm presuming the fan identifies as non-binary because it was in their screen name. Right. But like, but like, I don't know. And I don't think Campbell knew. And Campbell was trying to take the sex and gender issue out of it. But I don't think he can. Right. Like, I think, I think it's so because of what the superhero comics industry is and because of who he is, who he is, I don't think he can. But also, I don't think this becomes an issue. Like, honestly, no one ever is going to try to fix Ron's art. Like, not like, I mean, I shouldn't say no one. I'm, I'm sure I'm sure someone has and he probably ignores them because he would. But like, that's not. 
that's not the kind of thing that anyone's ever going to do as a, you know, or at least no one that you care about. Right. Like some people like people did try to fix mine by telling me that this needs to be sexier. Right. Dawn, yours. Yours is very kid friendly. I'm sure you've heard criticism that, you know, why aren't you more realistic? I've seen Dawn draw realistic. She can. But you're drawing cartoons. Yes. I mean, it, <laughs> it was a choice. Do not, do not have to be the Marvel style, obviously. Right. So <laughs> if someone came up to me and said, you know, I, I want to draw, start drawing comics, I would ask them. What, what what do kind? they read? What yeah. do you read already? What do you right. like to draw? Like what what are you thinking about? Like what kind of story? And then maybe direct them to you know really good artists that are more in that realm. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just it's a buffet, you know. <laughs> like yeah, you know, right, what you right. like. What's, so. well, and that's what's great about twenty twenty one is I mean even even from the big two right even from you know who are hardly as you know they don't have the market share they used to but they're still. Marvel and DC are still the the largest two companies, sing, sole you know single companies, and even between the two of them, there is a wide variety of artistic styles at Marvel. There's you know the the, the house style died a long time ago, and mm-hmm. there's a wide variety at DC. And then if you move outside of that, if you move to Image or to actual indie creators, you know any of us, this is very different. I don't draw the Marvel way anymore, and mm-hmm. I haven't since I was like 19. You know, um, um, and I you know and I went to art school. You know, I basically like it was like oh I can do other stuff. Um, so I I don't know. I mean, uh, I I I think that what what Finn did, I Marcel, you said yourself like I, I, you know there was some snideness that came from you know. I am fixing this for you. You know, J. Scott Campbell is an idiot. And that's why he took offense. That's a, the, 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 the mistake that Campbell made first and foremost was that he was human and somebody. And I mean, he, he can say he was trying to be good natured. And I think he was trying to be good natured. But clearly he answered because something got under his skin in a way mm-hmm. that like Lucasfilm did not answer most of these deep fake attempts, except for the one where they're like, oh, yeah, OK, yours is actually better. You've sure. got a job. Right. And I but like I'm I think Finn probably legitimately did believe that their version of the artwork was better than Campbell. Oh, sure. So 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 like, I mean, I don't like and not just as a Campbell fan, but because Campbell's counters of, OK, if you're going to be specific about it, he said, here are some anatomy problems you have her elbows in the wrong place. So when Campbell redrew it, Campbell was like, if you're going to draw what the sensibilities you identify, here's how you should have done it. And I think that came across as too far, I guess. I think but- if non if if um if non-binary Finn, <laughs> you know, with with the advantage hindsight being 2020 and all a way that could have been you know avoided escalating that whole thing could have been as simple as sending a tweet or whatever first and tagging Campbell in it and saying hey so I have a critique of your image do you mind mm-hmm. if I share that here publicly you know maybe Campbell would have replied maybe he wouldn't maybe you know and if, if if what Campbell could have done let's say this hypothetical situation had happened mm-hmm. you know you tag somebody you go hey I got a critique do you mind because first of all that's saying can we have a dialogue about this thing, mm-hmm. which is a respectful way to enter into into a situation like that. And then if Campbell, let's say he rose the occasion, went sure, fire away. What you got? Now that's a dialogue. You know, like that's a healthier way for both sides to approach it. Sure, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think we can do that. You know, so hopefully it's a you know this it would is, eliminate all the snideness that yes. gets mm-hmm. tempers flared. You know, right. I, so, I, so, so what you're that, saying. But, so what you're saying is what they should have done. Right. That's what I was going to ask. Yes. How, how, are we, how are we? doing anything any different i mean like so we're not critiquing his artwork but 
were essentially critiquing Campbell's behavior in the situation. And to be fair, when I posted the call for comments, I did tag Campbell in it. Mm-hmm. Um, he did not answer. I probably never, you know, I probably never yeah, saw and it. Had, and had Finn done that, like had yeah. they reached out and asked first, he didn't, would not have replied. I mean, the he only reason have. he did was because it was starting to go viral. It, it, just happened, viral. Right. it happened to go viral, you know, yes. like it's just one of those crazy things. Yeah. So, he, yeah. He luckily tweaked the right, algor- the right algorithm. So, you know, right. you, and that's, you know, well, I mean, so <laughs> anybody who follows me on Twitter, not so much anymore because he's not president anymore, but but I I managed to get myself through the last four years of, uh, you know, of, of politics by uh, on occasion, I might tweet at the former president of the United States. Uh, <laughs> it right, happened, good example. <laughs> it, happened, it happened a few times, um, quite fre- quite frequently, uh, you know, critiquing his job performance. I did it a lot. Um, and. And frankly, yeah, (laughs) Don, Don, I know has read many of them. Uh, Wayne Marcel are aware of them. I, I, you know, if you, if you, if you follow me on Twitter and I, and I haven't been doing as much for Biden, I I have a little bit, but not as much as I did for Trump. Um, I was very critical of the previous president and I did not like him. And sometimes, and you know, and frankly, partly it was just me blowing off steam, but also, yeah, I'm kind of egged on by the fact that, you know, sometimes, (laughs) you know, 20, you know, five, 10, 20 retweets. Or, oh, my God, I got like a thousand once. And I was like, oh, oh, wow. Now I'm, you know, now I'm never going to stop. Right. Because I'm because like, ha, 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 you know, like a thousand. Yeah, yeah. Give me more. (laughs) A couple thousand people retweeted me making fun of him of when his, you know, when he tried to sue his niece. Like I was, you know, like I like I sure. um, So if the, you know. If Trump had ever gotten pissed at me making fun of him and tweeted back at me, uh, I certainly wouldn't have stopped then. It would have, you know, it would have just made me even more of a troll. And now, you know, now I'm better than him because I have a Twitter account and he doesn't. So (laughs) (laughs) here's here's a question, Matt. Are you really trolling somebody who did what Trump did? Because it's not like he was an exemplar of good behavior to begin with. So, but in in Finn's mind, neither was Campbell. I mean, I might disagree. I don't think Campbell did anything so horrible by drawing a sexy picture of Mary Jane. Mary Jane's her character is supposed to be supermodel. So I don't think I don't think Campbell was so much in the wrong. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna be devil's advocate here because and but, I'm only just but, doing it because yes, Mary Jane's a supermodel, but even supermodels aren't all sexy all day long, all day. you know, like which a supermarket, is right. And that's a supermodel why they sitting on right. a couch with a with a cup of coffee or whatever in a t-shirt is a supermodel sitting on a couch with a cup of coffee. Yes. And the medium of comics works best with exaggeration. Mm-hmm. And you know, so like I do get it. Mm-hmm. He's carved a specific niche out for himself. Right. And the moment you You've done that. All right. So now you've opened yourself up to the critiques she's going to get. Mm-hmm. I think Finn was justified in critiquing Campbell, but I think Campbell was justified in drawing the art in the, the image in the first place as well. And it was a slow news day and they tw- and they both tweaked the algorithm and that became important enough to be, as Don said, a three on our radar. <laughs> you know, like like because that's how, that's where it was. It was just like, um, at least for us, nobody who was really and I asked a couple of people, nobody who was really fired up about it, who I'd want on the show. Yes. Nobody who was really fired up about it, who I'd also want on our show um, was interested in talking about it. 
But that was the thing, right? Like the people who got fired, who got really, really fired up about it. This was their issue. And I mean this both positively and negatively. Like I'm I'm including the Gamergate guys who are assholes and idiots. Right. And and frankly, that's more this because I think Wayne's right. I think the I think the conversation is important. But I think they it got the attention of the worst element of the Internet. You know, it got the attention of horrible. And Campbell was like, no, 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 no. I'm not with them. So that's see it feel like to some degree painted himself into a guy mm-hmm. because or cause but they're not the people you want you don't get to pick and choose on the internet yeah, you, know, you don't get to pick things and, you know some of campbell's previous comments regarding criticism of the male gaze and things you know that that all collectively mm-hmm. there's a reason well look at the body of your comments and you're you know like there's there's reasons why yeah. that happens and it's not my job to police j scott campbell's personality or his work mm-hmm. or whatever you know like my I have bought some of his work, some of the things that he's worked on. There's a lot of it that I have not. Yeah. So like, that's where that begins and ends for me. Before I forget though, I'm going to, I, I, all right. So I have two anecdotes that I want to squeeze in, but I will allow you, the three of you to decide what I say first. I don't even have to say them back to back, but I have one anecdote about Ron friends. I'd like to go <laughs> in because I love Ron and we love Ron. And I hope he does listen to this. <laughs> he has no idea how influential on me been, or I hope he, I don't know if he does or doesn't, but he has been very influential. So I got a Ron Friends anecdote. I also, another artist whose name was mentioned here was John Basima. And I have a little John Basima. Not a, it's not personal, but I guess it's a creative professional anecdote. But I'll let you decide. Or you could just say, Marcel, shut up. We're talking. <laughs> go, go ahead. I'm, I'm really curious now. Yeah. <laughs> what do you yeah. want to hear first? Hey, give us the John one and then, then we can finish up with a personal okay. Ron. Okay. So, and I looked this, I found this on my shelf just before we started recording because I wanted to be able to cite it specifically. So Back in the day when I was collecting Avengers, this is back in the 80s. So Avengers number 279. So this is volume one, number 279. So it's got several Avengers on the cover who will lead the Avengers. So this is the the issue where Captain America nominates uh, uh, Monica Rambeau when she was Captain Marvel to lead the Avengers. Now, I just say that for context. Mm-hmm. There are two pages in this story that I remember when I read it, because when I and this came out when I was, I don't know, about, about 15, something right, right in there that I couldn't, I don't know, it's something thing about them annoyed me, but I could not put my finger on it back then. You know, I knew I was going to make comics. I was already drawing. I was all in it, but I just couldn't, I couldn't, what is it about this, 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 this sequence? Then I reread it years later, and this may have been after I started teaching, and you know, you start, when you teach a thing, Mav knows it, Wayne knows, you know this, all you know this. You, you look at things differently. You know, you develop a, a, a more higher critical sense, sensibility. So on page 18 and on page 20, Don Basima actually does something with a layout that I was, I'm surprised that wasn't caught and the editor didn't catch. Because basically it's an issue of the panel layout. It's a, for the most part, it's a very standard panel layout. I don't need to go into the, the, the depth of it. And I'm sure the panels are out there. If somebody really wants to do the work or find the issue. I'm sure it's available, but a five panel layout. And it's the same layout on both of the two pages. Um, he, he goofs <laughs> in terms of the direction in which the reader should read this sequence. And, you know, now I first encountered this in the mid 80s and I wasn't able to articulate what was wrong with it until, you know, into the 90s. Now, when I look at it, like I, I could totally I could I could draw out the panels and tell you the exact order. He wouldn't have had to change a single drawing. But the order of those panels is incorrect. I'm kind of glad that I caught a mistake twice over in the same issue, by the way, by John. <laughs> Basima because nobody's perfect. <laughs> Everybody yeah. 
funny yeah. goofs. And because yeah. I've often wondered when he read that, did he realize what was going on there that this could have been? Or was he just hitting the deadline? Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. But he's, you know, when you see it, it's 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 such a simple fix. You know, like, how did that get drawn that way to begin with? Um, I don't know, but I'm kind of glad for the mistake because the mistake allows me to look at somebody who's, you know, this is the guy, like you all said, who drew how to draw comics the Marvel way. Who knows how many comics creators have been influenced by that guy? Like that guy, has, he drew more stuff on his on his slowest day than I'm drawing, you know, when I'm at my best. That guy knew how to draw some kind and he could slip up. And, and here's the thing. I'm willing to bet if the editor had said, hey, John, we got to reorder these panels. He'd have been like, oh, yeah, good call. Because you, you got to be able to take it at some level. I mean, otherwise, you're just you don't. Why are you in the why are you in the business? So his modern heir apparent, Ron Friends. <laughs> Hold on before you do. Yeah. Who, who, who's in who's in the panels? Uh, like flipping, I'm literally flipping through issue 279 right now trying to find it's it. pages 18 <laughs> and pages 19. So it's Captain Marvel and Captain America. And there she's in physical form and they're trying to rescue some kids that are trapped on the cap trapped in the cave. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And all right, I'll just I'll say it while we're here. So what is panels one and two should have been stacked. It should have been panel one at the top and then what is panel two now should have been beneath it. Then on the far right side you have a vertical panel. That panel should have been in the middle of the page. And then the the other two panels, those should have been stacked on the right hand side and it would have been perfect. And that same layout oh, change. That. Yeah. Cause uh-huh. Cap, uh, yep. Cause Cap, um, Cap apparently pulls a kid up and then drops him mm-hmm. back into the pit so that he can pull mm-hmm. him up again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, yeah. That's, um, that, that's pretty clearly. Yep. <laughs> that's how I should have done it. On both pages, it's the same fix. And yeah, it's a simple yeah, fix. Yeah, 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 and and that because it really does. You're right. The way the way it's drawn, it looks like Cap goes to rescue some kids, and Monica lifts them up, and Cap grabs the kid. And then the kids on the ground again, waiting for Monica to lift him up. Mm-hmm. So I hope that this podcast goes viral so that the world will know Marcel Walker fixed John Cena's art. You're welcome. No, that's, that's ridiculous. That's utterly absurd. I'm going to say that is utterly absurd. But but he made, you know, it's a narrative error. We make mistake and mistake. It's fine. It's fine. I'm glad wow. you talked, I'm just looking at it like, wow. Yeah, that's... um. I, uh-huh. I mean, I, I don't remember this. I, 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 I read this 35 years ago. Yeah. Same as you, right. Um, but yeah, the, when you're looking at it, yeah, that, that is very clearly not right. I'll is, draw a small corollary between this and, and, and our main topic, which is here's why we don't notice that stuff because we all love comics so much. We love <laughs> comics and the characters and the stories and the artists and the writers and we love it. And that inertia carries us so fast that we don't see until we're it's in our rearview mirror unless like some people catch it up front but like we've already seen it and absorbed it and loved it so for somebody to say hey 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 we shouldn't have gone that way what are you talking about that was fine so you have to pull folks back to get them to see it and nobody likes a backseat driver you know (laughs) nobody nobody wants to be told no that's not the way you should have gone but it's fine you know like it's fine like this example there's not as much to it as it's a narrative choice and it's a narrative mistake as i see and i think 
it's it's it is a mistake. I would call this a mistake. It wasn't like, oh, you just made a choice. And, no, that's a mistake. But it's okay. You know, it didn't end the world. Now, in this other case, that has that has farther reaching implications and things like that. But that's why you just gotta be tactful. Tact. There's my segue. So Ron, Ron is one of the first, one of the first professional artists who I got to go to their studio when I was younger and still trying to figure the things out. And I was probably oh, like 2021, 20, somewhere in there. Ron was working on Thunder strike at the time. Um, he was sharing a studio with Pat Olive. So really, I got to see the both of them. And that was great. You know, so I would catch I forget two, three buses to get out there and see them. And I would take artwork and they were both incredibly gracious and magnanimous with their time. But Ron is Ron is Ron. And Ron started making fun of me right off the bat. And <laughs> to this day, if, if like, you know, if he sees something in my it, it, and I don't get as much of that now because I've been drawing myself for a really long time. I, I remember once he, he looked at a page or it was after I had done um, my own comic book, Smoking Guns. You know, I did a one shot of that and did the whole thing, the writing, the drawing, the publishing, the printing, went to a printer, got more copies printed than I care to admit. And just like all these things. And he was very complimentary. He was, he said, you know, like, hey, you did your own thing. And that I actually am a little envious of that. But he goes, <laughs> it was Marcel. <laughs> and I, that makes me like, cause this is, this is always how he enters into a conversation. So Marcel, what's going on with your line weight in this draw? And he immediately went into how I should have worked. Like I need to pay better attention to my life. Line weight. You know, Ron used something else that was lacking in this this discussion here, which was humor. He was able to just like totally, totally kind of lay into me. And when, when you say Ron has made fun of you for 25 years, yes, but it's in the context of a actual relationship and friendship. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's the, the way we make fun of each other here on the show. You know, yeah, it, it, right. I think um I I think that there is humor that is probably intended in Campbell's response. But Campbell doesn't know this person, right? If any of the three of you criticize one of like a drawing of mine and you do it by making fun of me, I don't mind if the three of you do it, right? If J. Scott Campbell makes fun of me randomly, that's hurtful. Mm -hmm. I don't know him. You know, but I, I like like I know all three of you like personally, <laughs> like I've I've known all of you for years. Right. And I I, I, I do yeah. think uh, I think that makes a difference. Right. Ron. I mean, Ron is a famous artist. He's more famous than any of us. But honestly, that was I, he knows I, you. I often took his critiques. Mm -hmm. I was don't tell him this. Actually, now I don't want him to listen to this, but I was actually <laughs> flattered that Ron would would take the time to because that Ron would take the time to make fun of you for your own good. <laughs> <laughs> because he doesn't have to do that. He doesn't have to. He doesn't have to set me straight. But you, you're right, Mav. Like for somebody to get, I am actually. I know I am very lucky because the instances where I've interacted with professionals and asked them to critique some of my work. And sometimes they've given me stuff where I was like, oh, my God, they're so right. Oh, yeah, I shouldn't yeah. be doing that. It's but they've always been kind to me. You know, they've mm -hmm. always been. Um, and, and I've had that from people who people said, really, they were nice to you because they were terrible to me. It's like, well, maybe you were a jerk. I don't know. But because um, <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of, of, of uh, Marshall Rogers, I had an instance with him around that time a little before. Met him at a convention and he was so nice to me. And he just he recommended some books I needed to get and on anatomy, you know. And um, when you are in a position where you've had more experience than the other person, I think you really have to be careful about the way you talk to other people because you don't know where they're at or where they're coming from. And your words have a lot of power. Now, I will just say with the collective internet, like we are only but a stone's throw away from anybody make comments. You know, like it's not it's not like I'm trying to talk to, you know, Halle Berry or Brad Pitt or 
you know, or whoever the kids are like, I don't know. <laughs> they're, they're comics creators. You know, I actually just tweeted at somebody last week to let them know I read a story they did and I thought it was amazing. That person tweeted back like, hey, thank you so much. Um, they're 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 right there. So if we're going to critique, I think just you got to be respectful about it, you know, and like and, and the Internet makes being rude and being snide seem normal. Like, hey, it's OK to talk this way or use this language. But we really got to we just got to look at that. We got to flip that around. Do we want somebody just talking to us like that? Um, I personally, I don't know. I don't think I would have responded person, especially somebody I don't know, just out of like, all right, whatever. But I'm not going to necessarily take Campbell to task because he did something I probably would done. I just think it's just just try not to be hurtful. You know, that's all. So we've resolved nothing. We've resolved nothing. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't be hurtful. Have you yeah. not listened to me? Oh my god, I'm going to critique you all again. <laughs> we've resolved a three oh. out of ten problem. And, 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 and oh look, right, right. I, I'm I'm scrolling through my Facebook feed right now, and Ron Friends just posted a picture of Mr. Wright, which was a project he had. If I remember right, uh, he he and DeFalco had pitched this to Image years ago, and it didn't go. But he's announcing that it's uh, apparently coming out. So anyway, oh, just we're talking about Ron, and like, oh look, there's an announcement from Ron. So yeah. Yeah. so there you go. Yeah, you heard a... it here first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ron, Ron needs our help. Yeah. Right. Ron and Tom DeFalco need our help. Sure. You, you heard it here. Too. You heard it here first. Two weeks. After I saw it on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just I just opened Facebook. It's 27 minutes ago. So, yeah, this yeah. Is Ryan just, just announcing this. <laughs> so, Dawn, so Dawn knows I am totally going to get a T-shirt that says you're a th- you're a three out of ten on my. <laughs> totally oh, God. That really, I think, Dawn, I think I that just you concerned about this. <laughs> I, no, I, 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 I think you have come up with a new catchphrase for our show. It's like yeah. this, is a, this is a three out of ten problem. This is a. <laughs> You know, this Seriously, is a though, problem. I you feel did like I feel like every if you comment on something, especially on the interwebs these days on social media, just because you commented on it, everyone assumes it's like a ten level scale of outrage, you yeah. know. And no. then it's <laughs> it's handled that way, and it's so I always feel like I'm prefacing things. So this also works like just in like general relationships, right? <laughs> um, if you're bringing up something to your loved one about something that's annoying you. I, I always tend to do this. I'm like, okay, this is like a four out of 10. It's not that big of a deal, but I should let you know, this is where it is. Because if I just say like, Hey dude, stop doing that. He might take it as a 10 out of 10. And then maybe it's not. So right. it's good to like, kind of know where that person stands. Well, and I appreciate that on the other end too. If it's like, yeah. okay, this is, this is really, this is like a two. All right. But this is yeah. a big deal. I mean, I, I like, I expect that for Campbell, like this was a three out of 10 annoyance. Right. And then some people were like, no, 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 you've done a 10 out of 10 thing here. That's right. Just because you were, resp- he responded. I mean, if he, if he responded with a very simple tweet, sorry, I disagree or something, you know, like it wouldn't have been blown up. I don't he know. just took the time to like write out yeah. this little snide thing and had this little drawing and everything that it's like, you, you might act like it's a three out of 10, but a three out of 10 does not render that much. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, I don't know. I don't know that there was, I don't know that there was a response that wouldn't have been taking the, taken the wrong way by someone. And, you know, oh, no, you're never going to win anybody over with a, with that kind of response. And, right. you know, so, it's just, yeah, it's the Will Wheaton rule, you know, kind of like you were saying, like, just don't be a dick. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what that's like, <laughs> just a life lesson just in general. And there was just a little bit too much dickishness going on, you know, so, 
So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how I would have done it better. I'm, I'm trying to think if I was in that position as the artist, what would I have done? And I mean, I, I probably would have ignored it. <laughs> on a smaller level, I mean, we I, like I have been, I said, I've been in that position at shows and like mostly what you do is say, oh, well, I'm sorry, this isn't for you. Like that's basically, I mean, Twitter yeah. is weird because Twitter allows the world to comment at your doorstep at all times from the safety of their own home, right? I've had people walk up to me at cons and say, uh, so this is, this is, um, for, for, I gave up, um, you guys have been, all, all three of you have been to shows with me and I gave up drawing on paper several years ago and I, I switched over to doing all digital art and the problem with being a digital artist is uh, it's really hard to, you know, I mean, I could, I could draw stuff in sketchbooks, but, you know, if you want to, a good way to make some money at cons is to just do quick sketches for people. It's like, it, it's, it's great. So what I, what I learned was eventually I came up with this thing where I brought um, my small sketch tablet. And I started doing digital drawings, you know, just pinups for people. And then I would um, I, I had an inkjet behind my table where I would just print, you know, I would print images and I actually did OK selling them. Right. Like that was that was like my thing. Right. Um, but so and then I realized quickly um, that if I'm going to be doing this, a good way to get people to come over to my table was I got an extra computer monitor hooked up to my laptop. I was just going to say yeah. and I faced it <laughs> outwards so yeah. people would just see me. I mean. And, and Dawn has has sat directly across from me at like a dozen comic book shows where she'll where we've had both <laughs> opposite each other. And so, like, I get people to come look at my table by just drawing live, you know, and maybe I'm drawing one of our characters. Maybe I'm drawing a Hellcat. Right. Or maybe I'm drawing Spider-Man. Right. Like maybe I'm drawing mm-hmm. Batman or Wonder Woman or whatever. Like a lot of times, um, frankly, a good way to get people to come over to my table is to draw a character that is recognizable. Harley Quinn works really well for this. Right. So I'll draw I'll do a Harley Quinn sketch just live while people are watching um, me do it. And I could make a pinup on demand in, you know, 30 minutes. I can make a, a finished digital piece. That was that was the plan. Right. And once I've done it, I can just keep reprinting them, which is better than like <laughs> a secret that it's better than like um, than like just traditional drawing. So that was great. Um, but I had several people come up to me and say, well, he's drawing in Photoshop. I could do this. You're not a real artist. And it's like, first off, no, you couldn't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wrong. <laughs> I mean, like, and and second, if you really, and and by the way, I, I'm not pretending I'm the best artist in the world. I'm I'm not. I'm okay. You know, I I, I can draw a little, right? I you know, I I. Yeah, I it's like having the monitor sword. up there made them think, oh, he thinks he's hot shit because he's got a monitor. No, so I have, I have a monitor. To go over right, criticize like I have a monitor there issue. because <laughs> I want something because it's a way of getting people. I have a monitor there for the same reason that like I have a banner with my name behind me it's so that right. like people say oh there's chris maverick as though that means anything maybe maybe i shall go talk to him you know like that's <laughs> that's all that was it was literally like it, it was a gimmick to grab people's attention because when we're in artist alley we're competing with you know i mean friendly competition right. we're all I'm friends but like we're competing grab- with 200 other people and and yeah, this is- it helps you stand out and when yeah. you stand out you get the good and right. the bad that comes with it like right. the bad in terms of self-important race hats who think they <laughs> just you right. having a, a monitor up there deserves a criticism or something right. and it's like, like oh well you, you know i think i could do that and you're, you're yeah. you know the we've all heard that. And i'm just like 
I mean, well, so that digital art isn't real right. art. We've been through that a bajillion times. Well, <laughs> but the same thing happens. I mean, and just here's where I want to end it, right? Every inker ever, right, Wayne? Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> sir. All you do is trace, you know, and that and that's what it is, right? Like there, like a guy sees me draw, you know, because like, that's what I do. I was inking my own work, right? So I draw it in digital pencil and then I digitally ink, and they're like, Well, the computer's doing all the work. And I'm like, No, it's not. If it were, then no one would be working, right? Like that's <laughs> like, 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 you know, obviously there's, you know, there is not a trace button that I just press. Yeah, and it would be great. It would be great if there were, <laughs> you know, like I, I like I, uh, if only it were that easy. So, you know, and if and by the way, and if it is that easy, then fine. Don't give me five bucks or 20 bucks or, you know, don't, don't buy my book. What do you want? <laughs> you know, no one's forcing you. Yeah. But there's but always, the, the, there's always yeah. the naysayers. You just have to decide in the moment. Right. Is, it produ- is it productive to say anything back to them or or do I let it go? And and really what it was, you know, like what will make me more money? Will it make me more money to ignore this idiot or will it make me more money to tell the idiot off? And um, I mean, frankly, usually it's ignore him. Um, but yeah. if anybody follows me online, there's a lot of me making fun of idiots because, <laughs> you know, if you choose your idiots well, making fun of some idiots does make me more popular. Yeah. And which kind you know conflates to more people Converts listening to, to the money. show, which is money eventually. Yeah, so it's it, I don't know, I don't know how to, I don't know the right answer. <laughs> so I'm still back to where I was. You know, what should he have done? I don't know. I, I do think it, I do think it's worth having a conversation though, which is why we had this episode. Yay. So on that note, <laughs> on that note, <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Don and Marcel. Thank you for joining us on this. Wayne, you're here anyway. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you, <laughs> thank no, you as no, well. No, no, thanks for needing Matt. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having um, me. That was. I'm glad to have been here and contributed to us not having settled things or something. I guess. <laughs> I Marcel, if people want to find more of your work, find out, follow more of the the Marcel Walker experience. <laughs> Where do they oh, go? Actually, yeah, I, 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 I like that. Yeah, yeah. You can always find me on my website, MarcelWalker.com. You can find me through the Holocaust Center of Pittsburgh. Um, or the Holocaust Center's website. Uh, I work on the project on the Hutzpal project and the Hutzpal project project coordinator and uh, lead artist. Wayne, of course, is the writer. So you, if you type in any one of those things, uh, you'll find me. Also, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I am not hard to find. Type in Marcel Lamont Walker. You got me. <laughs> Link to the show notes, of course. And yes. Don. Don Griffin. <laughs> well, you could just Google Don Griffin Studios and find me on all the places. Um, my latest project is Ida Finds Her Voice and you can find that kids book um at idafindsforvoice.com oh thank you <laughs> you talk uh, yeah. over my url <laughs> oh, sorry do it again in the show notes no no please once again once 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 more <laughs> it's just idafindsforvoice.com <laughs> absolutely and yes it is linked in the show notes as well and Can lane-wise here mostly <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have nothing yeah i have nothing new this week to promote i you know I love it. It's, it's again uh, Wayne being the last person to just always. It's always great because, like, yeah, I, mean, I got nothing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, every, every once in a while, the Arthurian show, I plug my book. So yeah, yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah. But this, 
you know, if we talk about something specific that I'm involved in, yeah, but in so, general, I'm here every week. You know where to find me. Yeah, so go back like four shows and you know go hunting. It gives you a chance to listen to our shows, listen to our back catalog, and then find something where we're actually talking about Wayne to, so that you can see <laughs> see his work. He's been uh, on long enough too, because you know, like he is the lead pal project lead project writer, and yeah, he's a yeah. cast writer. And, uh, yep, and I thank you. I and I I have definitely hyped that up on the show a number of occasions so but LinkedIn thank you Linked in the show notes, Hutzpah will be linked this episode. Yeah. Uh, you can, as always, follow me on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, all of the places, always at Chris Maverick. You can follow the show, all those same places, at Vox Popcast. You can follow the show's blog at www.voxpopcast.com, where you can find out what we're talking about next week. And you can leave comments on our on any given show or on any given future show so that we can address your comments on the air. You can pitch yourself as a guest. You can sometimes you can just like talk about uh, uh talk about an issue and we'll just ask you to be a guest on the show you know you can you can you can be here that's better than that nothing <laughs> and if you enjoy the show we certainly hope you do then please subscribe to us on itunes or stitcher or spotify or wherever the hell else you get podcasts from and do us a favor leave us a five-star review leaving us a five-star rating on itunes or even better review if you write something something about you know you can critique the show you know you can just say you know the show should be better if the, oh God, Max would have a heart attack if like suddenly we had a whole bunch of reviews talking about the theme song. Just like, no matter what, please just leave us five stars. <laughs> I don't even know if I wanted to say that. Um, but yeah, you could tell us what you love about the show because as the book that Wayne linked earlier says, you know, critiquing is also talking about the good stuff. People don't do that enough. So you should also do that. Tell us why you love the show. Make me feel good. That's what I want to know. Five stars. Um, not a three out of ten, please. Absolutely not. This is a five. This is a five out of five show. That's what I want to know. Um, I would like to thank Maximilian of Thought for Music for our epic theme song building ever so more epically and playing us out. I'd like to thank all of our guests for joining us. I'd like to thank you at home for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.